0: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and uh, we are live here on WBSM and broadcasting on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com talking about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night, we're getting a little echo there Matt, is it the, I'm hearing it, I don't, is it me, am I saying things twice? I think it's probably the computer speaker's probably up. I tend to to turn that up sometimes and forget to turn it down. We are here to talk about the paranormal, as we do each and every Saturday night. And tonight, it's just Matt and I. It's old school tonight. It's like the opening times of Spooky South Coast. The old days, when it was just the two of us, and I won't sing, but those uh, those pre-Monese days, when the two of us had to kind of carry the whole show ourselves. We're going to do that again tonight. But we're also going to ask for you to call in as well at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. If you want to call in and talk paranormal with us throughout the course of the night, it will be paranormal open lines. You can talk about anything that's on your mind. If you want to ask a question, share a theory, tell us about one of your experiences, talk about some past guests. Uh, maybe even talk about some of the drama going on in the paranormal world. It's all on the table. And the good thing about these nights is, you know, we have a lot of people that ask us. They say, hey, when are you going to just have a night where you take calls from the callers? And I always say the same thing. Well, callers can call in any time. We'll take a call any show. Generally, if we have a guest, we prefer that the question has to do with the guest, but we do take calls throughout the course of other shows where, you know, the guest hasn't joined us yet or it's a little bit later in the show. And so the lines are always open, but people ask to do open line shows. And and whenever we do, nobody calls. And I know that we have a live listening audience. There's tons of people in the chat room. Want to say hi to all of them. There's tons of people that are listening live. You know how we know Because every once in a while we bring on a psychic and the psychic will give free readings to the callers and the phone lines are lit up through the entire show. I think the last time we did it, we took 24 calls or 26 calls in an an hour and a half of people that just wanted to get free readings. So the people are out there. So you have no excuse. I want to say, good job there, Bart L., getting the perfect comments up on the screen on Spooky TV when (laughs) as soon as Matt puts up the chat on the screen, he just happened to have the, I can't say it on the radio, but it's there. That is the Bart L. Legacy, 200 bucks. So the phone lines are already lighting up, so that's a good sign. I don't know where this is going to go. This could be crazy. This could get me fired. But let's uh, let's start off by taking some calls right at the beginning here. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast.
1: Good evening, Tim. How are you? Good. I uh, I was just getting to bed and I turned your show on and I said, "Gee, I should give him a call," uh, because um, I've recently come into a lot of money for one thing, and uh, I'm thinking of purchasing the Lizzie Borden House. My younger sister wants to have a bed and breakfast. Take over the bed and breakfast there. So uh, we'll have to get in contact, so you can do some uh, ghost hunting there. I heard you found a few
0: spirits. Oh yeah, I've, I've uh, investigated there quite a bit over the years. Uh, I don't know if, if it's necessarily for sale. Uh, I know. Oh, yeah, I heard it is. Uh, well, they just—it the, was the other house was for sale, uh, Maplecroft, which is uh, the
1: one I'm talking about. I don't recall where it is, but I think the address is on Second Street.
0: That's 92 Second Street is the original Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. That's the right, house that's where where the right. murders took place. Right. That's the one that's supposed to be up for sale. Uh, I know that it's – here's here's what's been going on. Uh, I can give you a little bit of a recap. Oh, that's good. It is last year uh, – well, earlier last year, or late last year, I should say, uh, the owner of Maplecroft, which is the house that Lizzie Borden purchased after the trial right, uh, right. And, and where she lived, and that's on um, – Why am I blanking? French Street. And so that house was privately owned for years by a a man named Robert Duby. He sold it to Christy Bates a few years ago, and she started the process of renovating it to turn it into a bed and breakfast. She ran into all kinds of problems with going up against the city and trying to get approvals and all this and that. It was just a a huge headache for her. So she wanted to get out from under it, and she put that house up for sale. And then the people who own the Second Street home, where the murders took place. Right. They're the ones that actually purchased Maplecroft, so now they own both houses.
1: Oh, because I got online because I saw it in the paper, and the one on Second Street. Um, in fact, I got I went online and I looked at all the photos that it it had 245 photos of the inside of it, and it was very interesting. Oh, uh, I like the, I like the antique furniture and. Uh, the whole setup. is like So that was
0: real. that was probably the 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 Maplecroft House. Uh, that, no, this this was the Second Street House. That seems odd because uh, I'm I'm pretty. I mean, I know that you know they're, they're business people, so yeah. I'm sure they would be willing to to listen to any offer. If somebody came in and blew them away with an offer. Naturally, you're going to listen. But uh, from what I, I understand, I saw, there's I saw it in the paper for a little over eight hundred thousand. That was definitely the Maplecroft House then.
1: No. No, no, that was the 2nd Street.
0: The 2nd Street house is, uh, is, I believe, valued at more than that.
1: Well, that's what they were asking in the paper. Uh, about how long ago was it in the paper? Um, I want to say maybe maybe three or four months ago, because I've had my eye on since I've been, since I'm coming into some money, I've had my eye on different properties. And that's what I wanted to do for my younger sister. Because she well, wanted to open a, open a bed and breakfast.
0: Are you on Are you on Facebook or have access to email or anything like um, that? I, I do, but I don't use it because the uh,
1: the amount of money that I'm coming into, um, I've only limited myself to phone calls because uh, my my winnings have come up on the computer in my email, and I've had calls from hackers and telemarketers, and so I've limited myself to uh, three people I contact. One is an FBI agent. The other is a corporate lawyer on Capitol Hill. And the third one is the manager of one of the sweepstakes companies that i won. And those are the only, if I receive calls, I check those numbers. And if there's any number different, I hang up on them because they told me that I would be barraged with phone calls, which I have been.
0: So is, is, this, is this the same gentleman that, um, that calls in during the week and, is, and uh, has been having the issue with the publisher's clearinghouse? Uh, I didn't have an – well,
1: I did have in the beginning an issue with them, but I have one, uh, which I'll be collecting next week, June 1st. I'll be collecting over $100 million in two cars.
2: Well, I'm,
1: I'm glad that it worked out because I know that and, you, you
0: were having some issues.
1: Uh, no, the, well, the issues I was having were on my end. I have bad okay. credit, and when they attempted to make my delivery – um, I have a negative bank account balance, so they couldn't deposit the certified checks. So that got held up. Hmm. And it, I'm, getting, I'm getting my pension uh, the last day of the month, and I'm going to clear up my bank balance. And I've got another, um, the corporate lawyer and uh, the FBI agent, uh, they went through about a week and a half ago. They indicted about 20 people because I, I had sent money. And they were supposed to send me, in good faith, they were supposed to send me, like, uh, they had checks and cars. Well, they were supposed to send me a car. So there was something like 20 people indicted. And uh, I've got a, I can't go into figures, but I got a big litigation against the government for holding my prize.
0: Yeah, it seems, I mean, hey, my bank account's negative all the time, and my paychecks still go through. So I don't know why there would be a holdup for that. see, See, they go
1: through, but I haven't had an opportunity to replenish my account. And I had, I was sent a check from my pharmacy uh, because they overcharged me $20. And I went to have that deposited, but at a different bank. And they said, oh, we can't deposit this because you've got a negative balance.
0: Hmm. That's weird. So
1: I'm learning a little
0: bit about banking, too. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess you have to if you're going to come into that much money.
1: Yeah. And um, uh, I'm going to be getting other properties. A, a very good friend of mine, if you want some really old properties to g- look for ghosts, because he told me it was uh, haunted. He used to live on uh, Mill Road near the Sawmill in Akushna. Mm-hmm. One of those houses, I think he said, was built in 17-something. And when he was living there, he said that he felt it was haunted because he'd hear certain noises at different times of the day, and things would move in the house. So that it's one of these uh, old uh, revolutionary days' houses that might have a lot of spirits
0: in them. I think there's a lot of places like that around here, especially in that area. And I oh, think yeah. that the, um, you know, the Acushnet River is something that's charging up a lot of that paranormal activity because oh. running water will power up, you know, it, it charges up the ions in the atmosphere and that certainly will help power up some of these hauntings. That's why we, we always say places that are like near running water will have more activity and uh, the the Acushnet River certainly seems to be powering up a lot of the places that are in that area.
1: And I, and I was kind of disappointed pointed to myself because I wanted to go when you did uh, down at the Fort Table in Fort Rodman mm-hmm. uh, because I heard that was really spectacular, and I wanted to go there, and I didn't have a chance to go there that night. You did the, the ghost hunt there. I heard that that was very interesting.
0: It is. It's, it's one of my favorite places to investigate, and I've had some of my strangest experiences there. The problem is is that the city, uh, the lawyers feel like there's too much um, liability if they let people go there and, and, oh, oh, yeah, and do what we were there, doing. Because I did go
1: there. When they had, they had something a, a year or two ago where they had a, a classic car show and they were given tours of the fort, and there are very dangerous areas, on the, in the fort
0: itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the fort uh, has a lot of issues, uh, and right. Battery Milliken, is where a lot of the danger lies because if you're walking through there, there's just there's holes in the oh, floor.
1: Yeah, because yeah, we saw them when we took the tour. And I, yeah, I found that most interesting. I didn't realize that we had such a gem in the city.
0: We we really do, but the problem is, is every time they try and take, because for those of you unfamiliar that are listening uh, around the world, uh, Battery Milliken is this battery that's at Fort Rodman, Fort Tabor here in New Bedford, and it's basically somebody dug out inside of a hill and, and built a battery inside of there where they used to store munitions, and so it's been falling apart over the years, and it's turned into a place where... Uh, homeless people go in and hang out, drug right, addicts go yeah, in and hang out, right. teenagers go in and drink. And so it's, there's broken bottles. It's just a disaster. And they've been going in there and trying to clean it all up and paint it and paint over all the graffiti. And every time they do, people yeah, just break in right. again and do it again because nobody has put in the money to actually secure it so that they can keep this kind of stuff from happening.
1: Right. And, and what amazed me about that that I never knew was that that fort was built by Robert E.
0: Lee. It was it, during the time that it was built. It was built uh, the current uh, fort, which is actually Fort Rodman. Uh, fort Tabor was a wooden fort. That's where the playground right. is now. There's a, in front of that. There's a you can see the floor. You know they, they have like the the footprint of where the original wooden fort was. So Fort Rodman was built during the Civil War, assuming that we were going to have to defend our coast from uh, the uh, Confederate warships. Thankfully. You know they they were out there, but there was never any active battle that right. happened as a result of it. But yeah, that's that's when it was built was during that era. And I'll tell you what, if you're looking for a, a good way to, to uh, uh, a good tax shelter for some of that money, uh, you're looking for a good charitable cause. That the Fort Rodman Fort Tabor well, Military Museum my, could. That's use one of some my help. things
1: because uh, I am uh, honorably discharged the Air Force, and I want to do a lot for the veterans, and I want to do a lot. For uh, the city itself too.
0: Well, uh, I know that they would they would definitely appreciate that. And if you if you are serious about you know looking into the Lizzie Borden thing, I would say just call directly and talk to Leanne, and okay. uh, and she would let you um, know. And I think...
1: um, uh, I mentioned that to my sister, and she's going through a lot right now because she's having a lot of financial difficulties and whatnot. Even though she is working, and she's having a lot of job stress and everything else. So uh, I know it. I know it's always going to be there because. To me, if, if they are asking a little over 800000 to me that's going to be a drop in the bucket. Uh, I don't know who else would just go be able to go up there and pay, and pay $800,000 because uh, for the people in this area, that's a lot of money.
0: Well, I mean, they've, they've had some, some pretty significant offers over the years that they've passed on. So uh, oh. it's, I'm, I'm just giving you a heads-up and, and giving you a, a oh, warning yeah. that if, may if, be the case.
1: Uh, if, if what is listed... If it is listed at a little over $800,000, i will go still... for it, but if they want more, I've got Two very good friends. One is a um, a licensed electrician, and the other one is a licensed plumber. And I'll have them go through all the, the uh, electrical and plumbing and whatever. Oh, that's
0: all. It's all been redone in the last right, five right, years. Right. It's so all
1: to make sure you know that it's up to code, and and I don't have to spend any money on it. And I will throw in a, a reasonable offer.
0: But I'll, I'm I'm going to tell you this: it's just in in my gut, I, I I really feel like your your wires are getting crossed, and that uh, it's it's Maplecroft that you're actually thinking of because I, I I don't I can't imagine that they bought the The other house and aren't going to hold on to the to the main house. Well, see, I think they
1: I think they bought the other house because they want to make just a museum
0: out of it, right? No, the plan is for the other house to be the same thing as uh, the the Second Street house. They're going to have a bed and breakfast. They're going to do tours. They're going to oh yeah. See, I
1: didn't I didn't realize that they
0: because like I said, the the indication I got
1: was the Second Street one was for sale. And and I'll tell you, if you go on the computer for the Second Street. Look at it. It says 245 photos because I guess different people had taken pictures that had stayed there. Um, and I found, like, the, the rooms, the uh, surrounding areas. I don't even know how many rooms are in it. But for 245 photos, I found it very interesting.
0: There's, uh, there's eight bedrooms, uh, eight eight guest rooms. There's the kitchen. There's the dining room. There's the front parlor. There's the uh, small parlor. There's the basement and uh, there's uh, three, four bathrooms.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I was trying to trying to guesstimate how many rooms, because it doesn't say how many rooms there are. That's why I was kind of – but I looked at all the photos, and like I say, I found, I found it to be most interesting. And I told my sister if she feels that she wants to do a bread and, bef- bread and breakfast, and if that's what she wants to do, I'll put money toward it.
0: Well, let me just say this. Uh, on Saturday afternoons here on the station – we have uh, Jose Matos. Oh, I've
1: already. Uh, I've got to contact his office. Yeah, definitely talk with him. Oh yes, because I, I listen to him every week and he's very informative. Uh, I find him to be very honest, and uh, I am going to. Uh, I I had I. In fact, I called him last last week because I I, um, I was looking for I had some uh, uh, some uh, gambling winnings I had to find and I found them. Uh, my last. My last big jaunt at Foxwoods, you'd like this, Tim. I, I went at 5.30 in the morning. I was staying at one of the hotels, and I went to the casino at 5.30 in the morning. I sat at my regular machine. I threw 40 bucks in. Within 15 minutes, I hit for two grand. Wow. And I cashed out, and I said,
0: see you later. <laughs> yeah, I went, too. I mean, I, I went to uh, Twin River once for a, the Ghost Hunters were having the Season 3 premiere, and, and Matt. Costa and Matt Moniz and myself went to the premiere and we were going to just do a little bit of gambling afterwards. And I think we won, what do they win? 60 bucks or 80 bucks off like my first poll. And then I gave each one of them 20 bucks, put the original 20 bucks back into my pocket and said, let's just play on that and then go home. You know, we're not, we're not gamblers here because we, we just don't have the money to gamble.
1: Well, you see, I found a system and what I do is I go to the casinos early in the morning because all the money is taken in at night. There aren't too many winners at night. Oh. And I, I used to go uh, before I, because occasionally I would take the bus up. But I used to take, go up Sunday mornings and I'd leave here like 6 o'clock and I'd get there in an hour. And I always used to win. Nothing really big, but I always used to win. And um, when I was staying another time, like a year ago, I was staying at, um, I think it was either the Grand Pequot or one of those. And I went into the casino At about five in the morning, and within a very short time, I hit for fifteen hundred. I took the money back to the room. Uh, I, I put a thousand in the room. I came back with five hundred. I put four hundred in the same machine and I hit for twenty two fifty right after that. And when I, uh, when the attendant came over and I got my, my twenty two fifty, she says to me, Oh, you got, Oh, you got $397 left. Do you want to play? I said no. I just thought I went to breakfast, I went shopping. <laughs> I came came home with over 4 grand.
0: That's what you do. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, I I thank you very much for the call and, uh, and and definitely keep us up to date with what you find out. Oh, absolutely. Like
1: I say, I'm uh, I'm very interested in the paranormal, and you put on a really good paranormal show. Thank you, sir. And I hope to keep in contact with you.
0: All right, absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great night you too bye-bye and it's 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 if you're you know the old-fashioned way and you need a toll-free number but basically everybody has cell phones now so 508-996-0500 is the line to call in good evening you're next on spooky south coast hi tim hello thank you for thank you for holding
3: yeah i was getting very frustrated but anyway um Uh, I thought Publishers Clearinghouse only gave a million dollars.
0: That's, I mean, I think they've done some other drawings of, uh, I've seen like the commercials for, you know, we have the $10 million super drawing and all that kind of stuff, but I can't say uh, that I know that much about Publishers Clearinghouse.
3: I was following it. They kept sending it to me, and you're so close. And, you know, I, I, in fact, I wasted a lot of stamps, and I I just quit it. I don't
0: even know where they get the money from. I don't even know what it is that they do or...
3: They sell magazines but I'll be honest with you, when you when they when they send you the things, right, they want you to buy magazines. They send you uh things that show you um, different things. So eventually you're gonna weaken and you're gonna buy something. See that's the whole gig behind it and um you know, I just got sick of it, I just I just opt out of it, but they kept saying you're very close and you know, look that. at look
0: at yeah. how the the magazine business is these days. How can they afford to give anybody even a million dollars, let alone a hundred million? You know, magazines have gone from you used to go out and buy a Rolling Stone that was you know uh, eighty ninety pages long. Now you get it it's twenty five pages long. You know, there's just magazines have either gone by the wayside or they've gone digital or they've had to cut themselves down in half. I used to get ESPN the magazine and I stopped getting it because it was coming to my house half the size as it was when I subscribed.
3: Yeah, and there's a lot of, some of them, I like Vanity Fair because um, they don't have a lot of, um, uh, they have good, it's not fake news and they have good articles that you can read and they don't have a lot of that advertisement. Some of the books for the girls even, it's just all advertisement. There's nothing to read anymore.
0: Right, well, I mean, ultimately, you know, that's the purpose of a magazine is to, to have a good mix of advertising and articles. But when you're just putting a bunch of ads in there to try and hit a certain page count, you know, you're going to alienate the audience. So we used to get all kinds of paranormal magazines. There's a great magazine store, you know, just a couple of miles from the station where you can get magazines about just about anything. Oh, I know. I like that place. And we used to go there and get all the paranormal magazines. We'd get Fate. We'd get UFO. We'd get anything else that was on the shelves that was paranormal. I'd go there and drop 20 25 bucks, 25 and then it just became not worth it anymore because the magazines were getting so cut down in, in what they were putting out there.
3: Tim, you know what I wanted to ask you? I'm not really se to paranormal, but I'm um – uh I I read I picked up this magazine the I mean a book the other day on a lot of um meditation and and um reiki and all that kind of stuff that makes you feel better and mm-hmm. uh how about intuition I've had a few incidents where I had intuition and it blew my mind like it it's little things but one was big it was money. it had to do with money and I knew, uh, talking about gambling, I knew this machine was going to hit, and I just had a a, a, a funny hunch. But I had al- also been watching, observing, you know what I mean. And it right. did, it did end up hitting.
0: Well, I think intuition's a real thing. I mean, it was uh,
3: big. It wasn't, it wasn't twenty five. It wasn't twenty five hundred or anything like that. But I don't want to say how much on the air. But another thing is, I wanted to ask you about another time. I was saying. To my friend, I says, you know, I never see frogs anymore, ever, around. around." And, uh, you know, this day I kept talking about frogs and stuff. Do you know when I got home, I almost died. Right in front of my gate at my feet was a frog hmm. before I opened the gate with the log. I, I mean, it actually blew my mind. And now I get kind of things like that. I don't know what you call it. I call them things from God. I don't know. That's what I call it. Well, I mean,
0: some people would say, well, that's, you know, coincidence. And then other people will tell you, well, it's not really coincidence. It's a sign. It's that you're putting out some sort of an intention into the universe, and the universe is listening and giving you an answer back. So you're thinking, gee, I haven't seen frogs. I wonder what happened to the frogs. And the universe says, I'm going to put a frog in your path to let you know that the frogs are still around and that no matter what Alex Jones says, they're not turning gay. Does that happen to you, too? Yeah, no, I, I've... That kind of, and. But there is some sense of when you pay attention to things more, then you will draw them forth a little bit. So let me give you an example. If you go out and buy a car, and let's just say you go out and you're going to buy a blue Ford Focus, and you say to yourself, gee, I don't see a lot of blue Ford Focuses around uh, you know, I like this car because it's unique, and uh, I don't see a lot of these around, so I'm going to buy this car. You buy a blue Ford Focus, you start driving around, and all of a sudden you notice everybody's driving around in a blue Ford Focus. Where did all these blue Ford Focuses come from? And it's only because you've now kind of paid attention to that, that it's put it into the forefront of your mind, and, and now you're picking up on it when you see it al- elsewhere, when it might not have entered your mind before. So with the Frogs, you know, you were thinking to yourself, Gee, I haven't really seen a frog lately. So your subconscious was kind of looking and focusing in for frogs. Just as, you know, just using that as an example. But that's what some people feel that it is. It's that they call it like blue car syndrome.
3: You know. Another time, I, I the, uh, the fellow near me cut down a beautiful Oriental tree that shoots out beautiful flowers, and um, I said, "Boy, that guy's stupid for doing something like that to a beautiful tree." Right? I wish I had that tree over here. And don't you know? I had the tree. It, the tree came, but you know what? It was no good because it was too close to the gate and it was going to ruin the gate. So eventually I, and it was growing beautiful. I had to take it out. It was in the wrong place, but God, I say again, God gave me that tree. Thanks. But I think it's seed, birds drop seeds, you know, and then it can, it comes
0: like, but that's all I get. I don't know what paranormal is. Well, I mean, the paranormal is anything that is unexplainable, anything that that is outside of what we accept to be normal. So it the paranormal doesn't mean that it has to be something that's scary or it doesn't have to be something that's overt. It doesn't have to be a spaceship landing in your front yard or a ghost shaking your bed. It can just be anything that kind of falls outside the normal, uh, accepted confines of, of uh, known science. So... To me, it's really just things that we don't understand why they happen yet, and then eventually we will understand it, and then what's paranormal starts to be considered normal.
3: All right. Look I at get it like this. Things back that aren't supposed to come back either.
0: Look at it like this. Native Americans had no idea what a, what an eclipse was. When they didn't know that they were coming, they had no idea what they were, so when they saw an eclipse, they saw it as a sign of something. And so they would see, I mean, even if you go back to the uh, the Incas and the Mayans, you know, they would see an eclipse, they think they'd have to go climb the top of one of the pyramids and sacrifice somebody because the gods were getting angry. But in actuality, we know it's just a regular part of everyday Every day, well, not every day, but it's just a regular part of what happens uh, in the cosmos. So now we have an understanding for something that has become normal when back then it would have been considered something that was paranormal. All
3: right, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in somebody like Sylvia Brown?
0: I I believe in somebody like Sylvia Brown. I don't believe in Sylvia Brown.
3: But it's, in other words, psychic is considered paranormal, right? Kind of?
0: Yes, and my normal co host Stephanie, who's not here tonight, is a psychic medium. So she's opened my eyes to I was very skeptical of people that have those abilities for a long time and just in knowing her and seeing her work over the years she's opened my mind to the possibility that not only is this real but it's something that we could all do if we all knew how to how to focus in on it like she knows how to. Oh wow. So what she does that for a living? She does yeah, she has a, she has a place she has her own shop in, in Mattapoisett where she does readings and she teaches Reiki and she has all kinds of different uh, intuition classes that she teaches, uh, but she also does do you know readings for people as well and i've you know i 've never had her give me a reading because she 's my friend, and i don't want that, just like i wouldn't ask my friend if my friend was a carpenter, hey, can you come and build me a deck?" You know, it's the same same thing. You're my friend. I'm, I'm not friends with you to get free things out of you. So I've never had her give me a reading. But what I have had happen is, I have had to, you know, text her for something or send her a Facebook message for something, and she will send me the answer to the question before I've sent her the question. Oh. So I'm thinking to myself, I better text Stephanie and ask her this, and she'll just send me a message that says, "Yeah, okay, I will." So yeah, yeah, lines crossed. It's uh, she can read my mind. She tells me. Yeah. One other thing before I
3: hang up, you know when you talk about the the Fort Tabor, when you say the Milliken, is that that big brick building that's empty and there's nothing
0: in it? Well, they're all empty. So there's, you're talking talking about the one, Milliken is inside of the hill in the back.
3: Now that one, I think I know which one you mean. I saw a pheasant come out of there once.
0: That's quite possible.
3: I never went near it, but I've walked by it. That's the only one I see that's round. The other one, they made like steps into it, right? So, and that's not really, really a building anymore. Did you notice that?
0: Yeah, there's there's a couple. So when you pull into the parking lot of Fort Tabor, uh, into the park of the the parking lot for the park. You'll know, you see the the community building on your right and then the military museum on your left and then the parking lot. And then there's the big fort with the lighthouse on it. That's Fort Rodman. And then in front of that, there's a couple little batteries, uh, Battery Walcott, I think, and I forget the name of the other one. But those are very small little batteries. And then as you walk along the path and you go by the water treatment plant and you're heading back toward – uh, if you were heading back toward uh, West Rodney French Boulevard and back toward the, the uh, SMAS building.
3: Yeah, that one I know is a big one, right? Yeah, there's
0: that big, big, big one that's inside the hill. So there's, like, all the trees up on top of it, and, uh, and there's supposed to be a fence in front of it, but people keep cutting down the fence.
3: I hate to ask you this. I don't know if I should ask you on the air, but when they found a person... Hanging there one day. I was trying to figure out where the person could be hanging. He was hanging
0: from a tree on, on top of the battery, on oh, top, top of Milliken. On top of the battery, because
3: yeah. there, there tree, there's trees there. So when I went around there, I said it had to be over there because I I used to walk on the, the beach side, too. Mm-hmm, yep. And I says, where the hell
0: is, could this have taken place? I was trying to figure it no, out. It was, it was on top of Milliken uh, in one of the trees up there. Because there is a path up there. You can you can actually walk up on top of the Battery, and there's a walking path that goes all around the whole top of that hill. Oh. And so there's trees up there, and, and the, the person hung themselves from one of those trees. Actually, the last time I was there, because we used to be able to do ghost events there. We can't anymore. Uh, but the last time we were there, and I was walking through with Stephanie through Battery Milliken, uh, with permission I have, this is the part of the show where I have to say don 't go there it 's trespassing, you know the city will sue you, you will go to jail all you know don't don 't go in there it's it's just don 't but we had permission, so while we were in there, you know she becomes so overwhelmed because. There have been a lot of deaths associated there. There have been people who have gone in and overdosed. There have been homeless people that have frozen to death. You know, they they do pull bodies out of there from time to time. So she's gone in there and been pretty much overwhelmed by the amount of different spirit energy that's in there, all kind of rushing at her at once.
3: Is there, bat? Is there bats in
0: there? I've never seen a bat in there. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. But, uh, you know, I've been in there and I've, like, you know, yelled down the hallway and I've never actually had anything come out, come out flying at me. So, but it would make sense that there is bats and other animals living in there because, for the most part, it's it's open enough for them to get into it, and there's tunnels underneath too. So, it could be that if there are bats, they could have gone underneath into the tunnels, uh, and that could be where they're staying.
3: So, what's in that big building though? On that, that's it's made of brick and it's uh, quite dilapidated, and you can see in it if you. You look, but with the
0: windows, and you're talking right on the water. Big, it's closest to the water. What's in there? That's Fort Rodman. So there's there's nothing inside of there. Uh, They do open it up a couple times a year for some of their events. I think they're going to be opening it up this weekend. Is there rats in there? No, that's there's the top of it's totally wide open.
3: There's There's like
0: a a lighthouse on it, right? Right. The light. I've been up inside the lighthouse. Uh, I've been all around the inside of that building. So if you walked in, when they have the wooden doors open, if you walked in, it's uh, there's basically like a lawn on the inside, and there's all the casements going around the battery. So they're basically like little chamber rooms, open rooms, going all around it. And then there's another floor where they have the same thing. So when you walk in and you stand in the middle of it, you can see inside all of those casements uh, from the middle of it. And they they do open it. I think it'll probably be open this weekend if anybody wants to go and check it out. But when you go in there... You can see, like, you know, where they would put, they would station people if they had to defend the fort. And then eventually their plan is to clean up the third floor, uh, the third level, and get rid of all the brush and everything that's up there and be able to redo that to make it safe for people to go up there. And eventually, someday, if they get all the money that they need, people would be able to tour that entire fort and go into all the different levels and go into the lighthouse but as of right now it's so unsafe that when you walk in you can only go in and the city will only allow you to stay on the grass which is why we had to stop doing events there because even if we just got that one building you know we still thought maybe we could do something but when they said you're not even allowed to step off the grass we said well forget it we can't charge people for a ticket for that because there's no value in it for them they're not getting anything different than they would if they just went there during the day.
3: Yeah, if they do that, that'll
0: be nice, though, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though, is somebody's got to, they're never going to raise the funds for it. And when they do get, you know, community preservation money, that the fort doesn't make the list of things that they would want to do anything with. And, and the, that's the biggest problem is it's almost like it's nice to have it there, but they look at it like it's it's in the way. you know? And they had a nice gift
3: shop with the paranormal. But you know what? But uh, that would be good for the
0: tourists. If you go there, have you ever been to the military museum?
3: No, I didn't, I didn't go inside the I only used the ladies' room once.
0: Oh, I, I highly recommend going in there and just spending an afternoon walking around and looking at all the great displays. It's all stuff that has been donated to them uh, to honor a lot of local veterans and going all the way back to the Revolutionary War. And they have stuff from all of that going around there, and it's free. They just ask, you know, if you can throw a couple of bucks in the jar at the end of the tour. At the end of your time in there, they appreciate it, but it's, it's free to go in. And uh, it, you really do learn a lot and have an appreciation for, uh, for the members of the military, not only in general, but especially the ones that have been from this area. So it's a great thing to do for Memorial Day if you're looking to, to get out and, and have some sort of a remembrance for fallen soldiers. Uh, I would recommend going to the military museum.
3: Okay, Tim, I'll be listening
0: to you tonight. All right, thank you so much for calling. Thank you, Tim. And uh, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Just talking about Fort Tabor, Fort Rodman just makes me miss when we had access to those buildings and being able to get in there. And There's really nothing that we can do about it. I know that people keep asking, are we ever going to get to go back in there? Can we ever go and have another night of investigation? and i can tell you it's it's not going to happen uh, i've gone before the parks department and i've asked for permission they've told me outright no they actually told me that we never should have been allowed to do it in the first place even though we've done we've done what like four or five events there i think matt and they told us yeah you know we didn't know that you were doing any of those or else we would have told you no then so that's where we stand with those and it's a shame because it is a lot of history for this area that needs to be appreciated. People don't understand the fact that during this, they think that, you know, being up here in Massachusetts during the Civil War, there wasn't any danger being up here, that all the battles were fought further down south. But that's not the case. During the Civil War, there was a very real fear that this area could be attacked. And that area out there where the fort is, uh, what's that, uh, Clarks Point? That area was farmland for a long time. Going all the way back to the Revolutionary War, it became, an, uh, it became an area that was easily attacked. So going all the way back to that point, they had some sort of a structure there, which is why they had Fort Tabor there originally, the wooden fort. And then Fort Rodman was built during the era of the Civil War. It was actually completed afterwards, I believe. But... That was an area where they were very concerned because you could stand there and look out off the shores and see part of the Confederate fleet just waiting for the order to attack. But people don't realize that because it's just not part of what's taught in local history classes. So you need to be able to go to a place like that to learn it and to appreciate it. And they do so many great things there. They have uh, reenactments there. They have uh, encampments there from all different eras. So they'll have Revolutionary War encampments, they'll have Civil War encampments, World War 1, World War II. and you can go there and it's like you're live it's living history. You can go there and actually watch battles and talk to soldiers and they're, you know, they're they're role playing, they're pretending, they're they're acting, but you get that living piece of history. And it's it's something that is a very special, very unique thing to be able to offer in this area. And I just wish there was more of a concerted effort on the part of the city to keep funding those type of activities. And I know that money is tight. You know, what they really need is a a nice benefactor. Maybe somebody's getting $100 million from Publishers Clearinghouse. They need somebody like that to come in and say, let me help you. Let me help you get this to the way that you want to have it look. Because right now they won't let anybody in because of the dilapidated shape that it's in. But if they could secure Battery Millican, if they could could make structural improvements to Fort Rodman, then we could open it up and it could actually be something that would be a a tourist destination. Because you can go there and spend the day and go to the playground. You can get ice cream. Uh, There's an ice cream shop there. There's the military museum. There's the beach. So this is a place where you can go and spend the whole day. And you can go and have all different kinds of fun. Bring your rollerblades, your bike, whatever. There's the walking path that goes all the way around. It's a beautiful location, a great place to spend a a nice day. But it's a shame to go there and only have to look at these structures and to not to be able to get inside of them and to to understand and to appreciate the history involved. Next Saturday night, we have an event at Fort Adams uh, with uh, Bright Bright Star Promotions. has an event at Fort Adams that Stephanie and myself will be at. And that's a great example of how you can get into a fort that has been rehabbed and has been taken care of over the years and now lets people in for tours and they have weddings and all different kinds of things that go on. And there's still some tickets available if you go to Bright Star Promotions online and and get your tickets. But that just shows you what Fort Rodman, Fort Tabor could be if somebody could just come in and give them what they need to make that happen. 508-996-0500. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hi. You're on the air.
4: Hey, Tim. It's Kirsten. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm with Ross. We're driving home from my friend's house.
0: Oh, hello. Hello to both of you.
4: Hi. Um, I just we heard you talking about um, Fort Tabor, and my dad is part of a um, like a like a former tankers group. It's called the um, USABO, the United States Army brotherhood of tankers um, and they restored that tank that's there at Fort Tabor oh yeah, the other
0: the tiger tank there
4: yeah the tiger tank the operation tiger there so have you ever I heard you talking about like the um, the military museum there I mean, have you ever done any sort of events around that tank there or
0: anything oh yeah when when we have done our events there we've had um, you know how we break everything down into zones so we we mm-hmm. We try to have different zones for people to rotate through so you don't have, you know, 50, 60 people in one spot at one time. And so the military museum is is one of the zones. And when the people are in the military museum, they will go out and they'll, you know, investigate around that tank. And they always get, you know, weird EMF fluctuations around it. Uh, They'll they'll have all kinds of um, uh, EVPs that people have caught around it. So there's definitely some sort of an energy attached to that tank. Yeah. And I've... I've written about it in my book. I I wrote about the people will see the spirit of a, a mechanic working on that tank. Oh
4: well, that's interesting.
0: So but there's all kinds of things that are seen down there and in all different areas of the park. So it's not surprising to me that the, the tank would have energy too. Yeah.
4: Just yes, I think it's a really interesting little little part of that whole
0: that whole park there. and, and that's that's another thing too. Like people will just walk by that tank on their way to the beach or or drive by it on their way to the beach and not even know what the story is behind it or Mm -hmm. or understand about, you know, exercise tiger. Like they they don't know any of that history if they don't have a reason to get out of the car and and go into the museum or go into the fort and learn these things.
4: Right. I, I never would have any idea of that except that my dad had restored that tank with his with his
0: group and that's that's just a shame how how's uh, how's things going over at the uh, plantation
4: oh it's great i do there are some um, i i have had some paranormal experiences there um, my grandmother has has visited me at the plantation a few times
0: wow <laughs> So yeah. I mean, and people say, "Well, you know, Plymouth Plantation—that's a place that was built, you know, not that long ago. That is, you know, just is a teaching tool. It's not actually, mm-hmm. you know, the real houses the Pilgrims lived in. But that's a real land that the Pilgrims lived on."
4: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, their um, their their fields that they that they planted in would have extended to that area um, easily. Um, it's. It's just there's so much history in
0: that area. I love it. So I do have uh, communications in with the folks over there to get an event going. Uh, Excellent. So hopefully they uh, – basically we're just waiting back to, to find out what the cost will be per person and to see if we can work out all the financials. But even if I don't get to get in there for an event, I'm definitely going this year for the traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, yes. Have you Have yes. you had a chance to enjoy
4: that yourself yet? Um, I do some of the harvest dinners that they have on the weekends there. I, I work the Thanksgiving day, but I haven't done the Thanksgiving dinners
0: there. See, I want I want that one where they cook it like the pilgrims would have. Yeah, so
4: the harvest dinners. Um, I, I hear it's they, phenomenal.
0: Oh, it's awesome, yeah. I mean, it's, what, $65, $70 a person, so.
4: Yeah, it's not that
0: you terribly that, expensive. You, you hope that it's good for that price.
4: Right. And then you get you know, there's a few of us pilgrims that, that join you and um, we we chat with all of you and we sing songs and and just and give you like the uh, the old pilgrim experience. Well you know
0: that if I go there my I'm gonna try and make you break. I'm gonna make all you right. break character. All right. Well Good the chal- the challenge is on. It is on. All right. Well uh and tell Ross that we say hello and, and we'll we'll see you guys soon. Definitely,
4: thank you. All right, have a
0: great night. You too. 508-996-0500 is the number to call in. We have a whole other hour coming up on Spooky South Coast. We can take some more of your calls as well. See, I like this. I like where you never know where you're going. See, there's a lot of shows out there, paranormal shows, that will take phone calls, and they'll have people that are screening the calls to find out who it is, or even if they're just using... um, you know Skype or or some sort of a program they'll see where it is that you're calling from and uh I really I don't like that. I don't like when people say, "Oh, we've got somebody calling in from the 617 area code right now." Who could that be? Like I don't I don't like that. I like pressing the button having no idea who's on the other end. Very art bell of me, I know. But I like the fact that you never know where that call is going to go. And when I used to do the Saturday morning show here, that was my favorite part was Every time I press that button, I had no idea who was on the other end, and I had no idea where the conversation was going to go, and that keeps me kind of on the edge of my seat. And I hope that it does the same for the listeners as well. So I don't have any way to know who it is if you're calling in. And normally we don't tell you that because during the week they'll have call screeners in here for the talk shows because, you know, they don't want the knuckleheads calling in. They want to make sure that people only call once per show like they're supposed to. We kind of bend that rule a little bit here. Uh, so there's, you know, there's there's an understanding with that that you you can't during the day just let people come on and say whatever they want. But I'm fully armed. I have a dump button, unlike other paranormal shows. I have a dump button right here. And I do have the technology that if somebody calls, I know who it is that called. I can go back and look in the log. There's a log. It's right there in front of me. I just don't look at it. So I want to know who it is that calls in and, you know, tries to prank us or whatever. I can just read their phone number right on the air and give it out to all the listeners. But I don't want to know who it is before I press the button. That's what makes it so much fun and probably will get us in some trouble before the end of the night. Again, 508-996-0500 is the number coming back. In the next hour, we're going to talk about a couple of stories that uh, have been going around, one of which is this this creature that was killed in Montana. I woke up this morning to uh, a number of people tagging me on Facebook about it and uh, people tweeting the story to us. It's it's not the first time that we've had a creature like this, that it it's... I'll, I'll wait and I'll, I'll tell you more about it in the next hour, but... It's something that I think is a little troubling with how many of these have been found and been found dead or have had to have been killed because they were vicious or what have you. So there's something going on with this type of animal. So we'll get more into that. And then uh, also Matt found this great blog uh, that was written uh, on the Huffington Post that we're going to address some of the questions that are in this. And it it comes up, you know, I was a guest last night on Spaced Out Radio, and, and you can check that out at spacedoutradio.com. Uh, Dave Scott does a great show, and he has a paranormal roundtable uh, on Friday nights, uh, I think once a month, where he brings in a bunch of different people to talk about a bunch of different topics. And one of the things that we talked about is, you know, why there aren't older ghosts and why there aren't animal ghosts everywhere and, and all these things. And so some of these questions uh, that... Came up and that, came up on this list, too. So we'll go over them, and we'll talk about them a little bit, too, uh, coming up in the next hour. Like I said, next week we won't have a show. Uh, that we have the Fort Adams event happening with Bright Star Promotions. We also have a couple of Spooky South Coast events coming up, and you can find out about those at SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to come along and join us. We have one coming up June 15th, 14th, 15th, whatever the Friday night is. Uh, that's coming up uh, at the Smith-Harris House in Niantic, Connecticut. Great old historic haunted home. Uh, Did an event there a few years ago with Legend Trips. The place just came alive. So we're going to be going back there with a very small intimate group. Coming up in July, we have a couple of events. We have Weird Winchenden where we get to investigate two different haunted mansions that are right across the street from each other. Both of them have two of the weirdest basements that I've ever been in in my life. Shadow people. Doppelgangers. A photo of a guy who looks like the shovel killer from Home Alone. That's a true story. It's it's in the basement of the Murdoch-Whitney house. So we'll have that event coming up. We also have, too, that, uh, that annual event that we do every year. It's close to our hearts, Ghost of the Gateway, in our hometown of Wareham, where you can investigate a tavern that was built in 1690. Who goes... Who, who gets that kind of an opportunity to go into a place built in the 1600s that is seen every single day of this country's history before we were even a country? And you can go and check that place out as well as three other haunted historic buildings all on the same night. And it's a huge fundraiser every year for the Wareham Historical Society. And then, of course, we have the exoneration coming up in October in North Andover, at the Parson Barnard House, where we're going to try to clear the name of the Reverend Thomas Barnard, who is accused of being one of the nefarious people behind the Salem Witch Trials, when in all reality it seems like he was actually trying to help end the Salem Witch Trials. So on the 300th anniversary of his death, to the day, we will be in his home and at his graveside, hoping to reach out to him and hoping to clear his good name. Plus there's There's that bastard that lives in the attic of the house, the spirit of Simeon, which we'll get more into as we get closer to that event. And recently announced, October 20th, we're going back, doing it again, an eerie night at Edaville. We'll be going back to Edaville Edaville Family Theme Park in Carver, Massachusetts. We will take the train ride. We will investigate the museum building. We will investigate the Midway with all the rides that have come from other amusement parks, we will investigate the woods where Native Americans have long reported strange experiences, and we'll also get into the suicide house, the house where three different people have committed suicide over the years. That will be torn down. It's going to be torn down eventually as they're adding more things in there, and each year we get told this could be the last year you could investigate the suicide house, so we don't want to mess around. We want to get in there and make sure that we can do it one more time. So that'll be happening October 20th. It's all up at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to join us for any or all of those events, you can get your tickets right there. I highly recommend jumping on those because uh, they will sell out, especially the smaller events like the Smith-Harris House, because they are very limited. I think we only have 25 tickets available for that event, so and they're probably about half gone. So you want to make sure that you don't mess around and that you jump on those while you can. All right, we're going to take a break for the news because for those of you listening online or – watching us on Spooky TV. We, we have to run the network news here on the radio. That gives us a chance to take a break. I can stop coughing and, and get a drink. And then uh, we'll be back with more Paranormal Talk. We do here on Saturday nights, live here on WBSM, as well as on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you are listening to the show, wherever you are, then you can also watch the show wherever you are. Live on Saturday nights on our YouTube channel and at SpookySouthCoast.com. We have the chat room bumping there. I want to say hi to everybody that's in the chat room. Uh, We've got people in there having a blast, and you can join them every Saturday night while the show is live. But I know a lot of you catch us later on, whether it be on our YouTube videos or on our podcast, which could be found anywhere podcasts are found. You can find Spooky South Coast. Over 530 episodes over the past 12 and a half years are all waiting there for you to download free of charge. No subscription, no, uh, no per download fee. It's all right there. It's all free. We foot that bill for you. And believe me, we foot the bill because it's all on us. Most of what you see here, (laughs) a lot of it is all on us. So uh, we've done that for you, the listener, to enjoy. So check it out. Uh, But, you know, we do like to tell you about some products now and then that we get excited for. And uh, one of those products I'll tell you about in just a moment. But uh, I do want to say, too, that we've we've been very honored over the last few years to have been on the Dark Matter Digital Network. And uh, we want to say hi to everybody that listens to us via that way. I know that uh, Keith's done a great job of putting our show up every week, even the weeks that we take off, because we have different events or different things that are going on. He always makes sure that he gets a show up there for the listeners on Dark Matter. So thank you, Keith, for doing that. And thank you to everybody that listens to the show that way. And uh, we, we, we really appreciate the fact that people want to listen to us. So we'll never lose sight of the fact that we are doing this show for you, the audience. We're not here to talk about ourselves. We're not here to... In the wrestling parlance, put ourselves over. You know, we're here to put on what's hopefully a couple of hours of entertainment that might make you think, that might make you laugh, but at the very least, won't make you sorry that you tuned in. So, thank you to everybody who does that each and every week, and uh, and thank you for coming back week after week and year after year, and eventually, someday, when we no longer have this show going anymore. Hopefully, you'll still let me just, like, go on Facebook Live or whatever and talk to you about ghosts, because I'm I'm never going to stop. So, hopefully, you'll never stop listening. Have I freaked people out enough? All right, good. We want to let you know about one of our friends, our friends at Parabox Monthly. And if you are not familiar with Parabox Monthly, definitely go and check out their site, ParaboxMonthly.com. They have silkscreen, soft-style T-shirts that are super comfortable, and they actually have these designs on them that are, that are puzzles. So it's not just clothing that you can wear. It's clothing that you can explore. There's codes, there's ciphers, there's riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. So you can actually have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. And you can get these shirts in different themes. They have ghosts and haunted locations, UFO encounters and aliens, folklore and legends, cryptozoology, urban legends. And you can get them on a month-to-month plan, a three-month plan, or a six-month plan. No contract. You're free to cancel at any time. So you might as well give it a try. You've got nothing to lose. And if you go to PowerBoxMonthly.com and use the promo code SPOOKYLIVE, you'll get 10% off. So check it out. Order the shirts. Get your discount by using the promo code Spooky Live at ParaboxMonthly.com. And then let us know what you thought of the shirts. Let us know how comfortable they are. Let us know if you solved the riddle, if you solved the puzzle, if you figured it out. Don't tell us the answer, though. We don't want to cheat. But just let us know if you had fun exploring the mysteries behind Parabox. All right, well, we are doing Paranormal Open Lines tonight, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in through the toll-free method, 877-996-1420. You can also post questions in the chat room at our YouTube channel and on SpookySouthCoast.com. I'm trying to get over there and taking a look at it as much as I can during the show. Uh, Usually we have Stephanie here or Moniz here kind of handling the chat room and letting us know if any questions pop up. But uh, tonight uh, they're both out. Uh, Stephanie is down at an event uh, in Tennessee, and Moniz is out uh, taking a personal day. So it's just Matt Kost and I manning the ship, and he's over there running all the fancy video stuff. So he'll let me know if he sees something pop up in the chat. But for the most part, you know, he's, he's busy. He's busy trying as hard as he can to make me look good. You know, I've been growing my hair out, Matt, and, uh, and it looks terrible when I have the headphones on. It really does. I look like I have, like, some, like, 1940s. Let me turn your microphone on. See, I'm a terrible producer, too looks like I have like some 1940s like baby face nelson haircut. It's very something. dapper. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's a mess. But normally I uh I buzz my head in the summer anyway, and I was getting so close to that time I said, "I'm going to save the 15 bucks I spend on the haircut and just uh and just not cut my hair until I buzz it." So, who knows? Who knows where it'll go? Maybe I'll end up looking like Moniz before I cut it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I wouldn't do that to myself. Uh, don't tell him I said that. 508-996-0500 is the number to call in. I do want to talk a little bit about this story, though, because as I mentioned, everybody's been kind of uh, mentioning it to me and, and and mentioning it to me on fe- uh, putting me in mentions on Facebook and on Twitter. This mysterious wolf-like creature. That was shot dead by a rancher in rural Montana, and this story—this uh, story is coming from the New York Post. Even wildlife officials have no clue what the thing is. According to authorities, the beast had oddly long gray fur, oversized claws, and an extra large head. So, is this why Moniz couldn't come in tonight? Uh, yep. <laughs> it kind of looks like him. Uh, do you need me to hold the photo up, or you gotta—you yeah. got to um, you got oh, you're going with the fancy technology? Okay. So the beast had oddly long, gray, for oversized claws and an extra large head, but its ears are too big and its legs are too short to be a common wolf or a dog, according to Montana Fish, Wildlife and Park officials. We have no idea what this is until we get a DNA report back, Bruce Ockley of the Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks told the Great Falls Tribune. The strange discovery was made May 16th by a man who shot the canine because he tried to chow down on his livestock in the tiny town of Denton. The rancher called authorities to report he had killed a wolf, but authorities soon learned it was something stranger. The critter's canine teeth and front paws were too short to be a wolf. Its big floppy ears and shaggy fur were nothing like a common canine. So, of course, that leads to all kinds of speculation on the Internet. People have to try and guess what they think that it is. Some people are saying that it could be a dire wolf, an extinct saber-toothed canine that once roamed North America. It could be a real-life werewolf. I've even heard some people mention that it could be a Shunka-Werrickin, a wolf hybrid from the Native American lore that I'm probably pronouncing wrong. Some are saying that it's the Dog Man, you know. Some are saying it's the Chupacabra. I don't know. I think probably what happened is, in my opinion, I think one night, you know, there was a a male wolf and a, a female dog. They went out for some drinks together. You know, they, they met up on whatever the wolf version of Tinder is. What the wolf version of Tinder be? Like howler?
5: Yeah, they have a howler. Oh, no, 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 I
0: don't know what it would be. Timber. (laughs) Like timber wolf. So they met up on timber. They went out for some drinks. You know, they kind of hit it off a little bit. They they did what, you know, adult wolves and dogs will do sometimes when they go out on a date. And then that bastard wolf never called her the next day. And uh, however long the gestation period is for... Wolves and dogs, I have no idea. But that amount of time later, this creature was born. And that's, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like it's uh, literally a canine-wolf hybrid. So we'll find out because they're going to do the DNA testing. And uh, if Moniz was here, I'm sure he would, he would be able to offer some insight because I know he's run into some other similar cases over the years before. These stories pop up every couple of years, though. And... It always turns out to go nowhere. We never hear about the follow-up. They kill the creature, or the creature's found dead, or something washes up on a beach or something, and we hear the story about, oh, my God, can you believe what they found? Everybody speculates for a week about what it might be. They say, we're going to do some DNA testing to figure it out for sure, and then we never hear the follow-up, which usually leads me to believe that it was probably something that was far easily explained Far more easy to explain than some of the theories that are put out there. So if it is a werewolf or a dog man or a chupacabra or any of those kind of things, I'm sure we'll get a follow-up story. But if we don't get a follow-up story, I'm just going to assume it was a, a dog-wolf hybrid. Usually this is the time where you know people tweet the story to Lauren Coleman, and Lauren Coleman writes back, it's a dog-wolf hybrid, which is, you know, kind of cool, but it's certainly not strange. We have friends who claim to have dogs that are part wolf. I always question that, though. I'm like, how do you know that it is? is?
5: I think all dogs are part wolf, so I guess you can say anything. It's but, like, wolf. you know,
0: like, well, oh, yeah, no, the, the my dog, his father was a wolf. Like, who told you that? Right. Like where'd you get that dog? Because I don't know about you, I'd I'd be worried about having a dog that was part wolf. I don't think I'd want that in my house.
5: It's like your your dog's part Elizabeth Warren, just claiming that it's uh, something that's not.
0: <laughs> well, the, you know, the dog's gonna get a. Got,
5: there's no proof. I don't know.
0: The dog has to get a scholarship somehow. Right. So if it has <laughs> to claim to be Native American to get it, it's not really the fault of the wolf for lying. It's the fault of the system for letting him be able to lie. Anyway, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
2: Hey, Tim. Finally a call-in show. It's
0: yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean, people can call in any We always take calls.
2: I know, but then it tends to be more geared to whatever the guest is. So. Right, yeah. Like this this, this is a free just a flowing.
0: This is a free-for-all. We can talk about whatever's on your mind, as long as it can go over terrestrial radio.
2: Yes, this is true. All right. Now, how about extraterrestrial radio?
0: Oh, maybe they're listening. All right. Calling all occupants of interplanetary craft.
2: All right. I am surprised that no podcast or anyone in the field has been talking about this because there's a good analogy now with the witch hunt for Trump and the, the secret documents and the UFO documents. No one's talking about this. Um, you know from history of following the subject, you, you get, you get um, files released. There's like two sentences you can read out of them.
0: Right. Everything else is redacted,
2: yeah. Yeah, everything's redacted. Then, after additional years go by and Stanton Friedman try to get them re-released, you know, after a certain amount of time, more can be declassified. Now, oops, we lost them. We don't know what happened to them. They, they disappeared. It's the same bull... That's going on with the uh, FBI, because you know, it's obvious what's going on with the with a witch hunt. It's basically they got caught with their hands in a cookie jar. That you know, the, the fix was in for for Hillary. They were getting busted. So now these documents you couldn't see, and at the first remember like the text messages we couldn't find them. Oh yeah, okay, now we found them when they were going to subpoena the members. It closely parallels them. So that means there's something big they're hiding.
0: Well, listen, I don't, I don't want to sound like the disinformation guy here, like somebody that's uh, part of this uh, shadow government or the deep state or anything like that. But it is possible that maybe we haven't seen a lot of these documents because maybe they aren't there. Maybe they've overplayed their hand over the years with claiming to have all of this stuff, and in actuality, you know, maybe something like Project Blue Book, as much as we've seen from it. You know, maybe anything beyond that was kind of just we kept this going to just keep collecting government money to funnel into other things, and we kind of overplayed how much we actually have, and we've overplayed how much we're actually paying attention to this. Because if there was ever going to be anywhere where you could kind of scam a little extra funding out of the government, it would be something like that where you're never actually going to be required to prove anything uh, to get the the checks to keep coming in. Yeah,
2: but they never – they didn't use that tack because – they wanted it to go away. If they were doing it like this last project, they did it uh, behind the scenes. They have wanted it to go away for, for decades. In in the 50s, in the 40s, when that memo came out saying that they were interplanetary craft, the General Twining, he refused to accept that. He, he made him rewrite it. So that was their intelligence officers back then that said that. So if the, these these documents, it wasn't like they're just releasing them now, and just oh okay, this is what we had, and we needed more money to study it. They were burying this stuff. They they had you had to dig up, you had to find things and trick them into getting documents and documents released by accident. It, it's it's obvious they're hiding something well, now.
0: But I mean, just being devil's advocate, is it possible that they were hiding it because it was our craft it was our secret program that they were building that they didn't want to have to explain to the public for reasons of national defense is it possible that it wasn't anything from space but it was something that they didn't want the enemy to know about
2: well i find that one highly illogical as well i i would grant it that in the 40s and 50s i would i would grant you that uh hypotheses because you were building that it's impossible that craft that was operating astromo- not astronomically making right-hand turns disappearing you know going from start and stop in seconds right across the sky it's impossible that we had those crafts in the 50s and now it's 2018 and we've never seen one marketed right it's remember the stealth the stealth bomber was the top secret and the stealth fighter in the 90s but 20 years later you've seen him they're, they're obsolete now. You're telling me that we had this technology in 1950, and no one's seen it since.
0: Right there'd be a huge no way. there'd be a huge market for that for whoever yeah. was developing it to, you know, you, you, it's somewhere down the line, somebody would have leaked those plans to Boeing, you know, somebody.
2: Yeah. So that that is completely ridiculous. Now you could say now something that you've seen in the late 90s or 2000 then I agree it could be something that we're developed that we don't know about now, but it's impossible to those craft in the 50s, which they were seeing all the time, and they were chased by our aircraft too. Impossible that we've had that all these years, like 70 years, and no one's seen any craft. We've never come up with a, uh, uh official craft with the uh, U.S. Air Force uh with the uh, red, white, and blue on them, impossible.
0: I mean, I will say no this way. though, and I've I've had the same argument with Steve Bassett over the years. So, so say that there are all these documents that will uh, verify that we've been getting visited, or verify that there have been sightings and, and interactions with uh, you know interplanetary crafts. Say that say that this is all documented, and they just haven't released the files, and then they do. What's the so what that comes out of that? I mean, obviously. You know, there's the the human factor of now we will know that we're not alone and that should kind of change our world view and change our, our galaxy view, really, and and change our mindset as human beings. But in actuality, like, I'm not going to hold animosity toward the government for from keeping that from me for all these years.
2: Well, I do what I don't because sometimes I think about it and I say, well, I want this out there and I want to know – But the the thing is, what happens if it's really bad? (laughs) You know, it's really, really bad. You know what I mean? Then I could see that they wouldn't release it. But then I'm thinking, well, if it's really bad, how come nothing's happened since the the 40s, you know, 50s? You know, if it's it's really bad, something would have really bad happened by now. So I myself, I think it's just because they don't want to admit and they don't want to go to the public and saying, we have no idea. What it is,
0: what well, they're doing I mean excuse me the, the forgotten part of this or or the part that's overlooked with a lot of this is we're talking post atom bomb that a lot of this stuff happened, so maybe the reason why that it's it's been kept under wraps is because the atom bomb is and we can we can say all right let's let's go ancient aliens theory and say you know we've been visited for a long time and they've they've Played a part in human evolution, even if you want to start saying some of that too, but the atomic age, I think, might have signaled off to these other beings. Uh, you know, the you got to keep an eye on these human beings a little bit closer, and so maybe that's why we don't know this stuff. Maybe because we're being watched and we're being scolded by another species another another planet that's telling us hey what you're doing is a huge mistake and they don't want us to know that because they want to keep having that kind of power over each other here
2: yeah that one i don't know well i do agree because i've heard a lot of information as as far as since the atomic test and it's almost like the activity went from almost nothing to really really intense after the bomb so and i know I don't know the science behind it, but I know it does release some type of particles that can be detected, so it is possible yeah, you know they don't that, that was that was like turning on a, a porch light, and you know here comes the moths you know
0: so it basically look at it like this so uh w- you know we we know we we develop these these weapons and we use them to lord over other nations that don't have them. And even to lord over nations that do have the same technology, and we're seeing that right now with North Korea where, you know, we want you to denuclearize, we want Iran to not have nuclear capabilities, but, you know, we're still going to have nuclear capabilities because that's what's in the best interest of the world, so we say. So maybe these beings are coming here and saying, no, 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 none of you can have these. It's bad news. Trust us. And our government doesn't want the people to know that because then the people would say, well, if they're coming all this way to warn us about that, maybe we should listen. And that's, that's going to cost a lot of money and, uh, and, and force them to give up a lot of power. But, uh, I, I absolutely, I could, I could go down all these rabbit holes all night long, but, uh, I thank you very much for the call. Thanks. Have a great night. And if thank anybody you. else wants to call in, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Matt, you're not somebody that's really a big believer in UFOs, are you? We haven't really talked about it a lot. Um, I don't know.
5: I think I'm. I I might be on the fence of, about it. Have you ever I seen mean, one? No, no. I don't think I have. I mean, I've probably seen some lights in the sky, but I think I've uh, chalked them all up to um, either a plane or, I mean, nowadays that you just chalk it up to a drone.
0: So um, I I, I got to tell you, I found the coolest thing this week, and I don't know. You know, this 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 isn't going to help us find any any. uh Outer Space Craft, but that's it's just still it, awesome to watch.
5: I was going to say, is it a, a UFO detector? Because they have them on Amazon.
0: No, but I might have to look into that.
5: They're pretty cheap, but they only three-star I mean, reviews.
0: Well, that's maybe people are just using them wrong. Maybe. You don't know. Has, uh, has George Takei written a, a review? Oh, I should mention that. He's going through some Me Too stuff right now. Oh, really? Yeah, but uh, you know, once I start reading the funny reviews... That's when you know they'll it'll start to blow up a little bit. But I, I might I might get a UFO if somebody whoever's making them, if you're listening, if you want to send us one, uh, we will certainly so we'll, we'll we'll certainly try it out. Can't guarantee you that uh, we'll detect anything, but we'll try it. No, this is actually an app that allows you to watch from the International Space Station. Oh, really? It's a free app. I mean, it has a little ad at the bottom of the screen, so you can pay like $0.99 cents or $1.99 to get the full version, but mm-hmm. I'm cheap. But you, it has uh, an HD camera, I think, on the back end and an SD camera on the front end, and it also has access to the NASA feed from the ISS. And it, um, there's some videos of them doing like spacewalks, and there's a live chat room in there that you can join in. Oh, that's the UFO detector? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that obviously that just looks like something that would definitely detect UFOs, right? Totally. It's not something that would just like light up occasionally for no reason. Uh, but so the the ISS app allows you to to watch at any given time. Now, when it's nighttime where the space station is flying over, you can't really see anything, so right. it's not worth checking out. But it will send you an alert when the ISS goes into daylight. So that you know like at that point you can go in and and check it out. It's it's just it's fascinating to watch and it's really peaceful to watch too. And you can see and they show you a map on one side and then the video feed on the other and you can open the video feed up to the full screen, but you can see like when it's flying over your house. And it's really cool that you can see it and then go outside and watch for it. Because you know how you can see the D I S flying by so they're, a, just, they're
5: just riding a Tesla around the ISS. Is that what they're doing? <laughs>
0: Baby. Yeah. it's uh, it's absolutely worth checking out though, and uh, you you can download it for free from your app store. I have it on my phone, and I've been opening it up constantly uh, since I downloaded it the other day. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
6: Good evening, Tim. How are I've been you? Wanting to call for a while. Well, thank, thank you for been doing your sir. show for the last six months. I think. I'm out in the west here. I'm actually in Montana. That critter you got, that's a hybrid. I've seen those before. I used to hunt a lot. <clears throat> Sorry, my is a little dry from the cold. Same here. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to say to Mac, I guess, I can tell you, I didn't believe in UFOs either. Up until July 4th, 2010, uh, seven people. One of them being the mayor, um, we we're standing outside, uh, at a little barbecue thing. <laughs> and I just happened to look over somebody's shoulder and I said, what is that? And it looked like a long cylinder. It was white and I went and got my binoculars out of my, out of my truck because I plumped quite a bit. So I <clears throat> carry them with me and, This object was a cylinder, uh, like a tube, probably 150 feet long. Uh, I'm estimating because it was about 4,000 feet from us. And we know that because we were at uh, 4,500 feet elevation, just below a 6,500-foot peak. And this thing was about twice the distance. uh, Well, it was like you know, the same amount of distance above the feet. And we watched this thing go by and I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is that thing? It's about 35, 40 feet in diameter. And when I looked at it with the binoculars, it had fins running along the, the length of it. I mean, they weren't very big, maybe a couple feet in comparison to its overall size, but it didn't look like they were there wasn't a motor. There wasn't anything ejecting propulsion or anything. It was very quiet, never made a sound. And everybody looked at it through binoculars us could, could really believe it. And we went back to our business about 10 minutes later after it passed. And sure enough, here comes another one. And at that point, the mayor got in his vehicle and left. Never told us where he was going. He oh. said he had to take care of his life. So it was very unusual. Uh, I've never seen anything like it before or since, but since I've been out west, I can tell you I had over 50-some pictures of unidentified objects, triangular, uh, spheres, all kinds of things, and they're not, like, fuzzy or any of that. They're pretty clear. They get pretty close to the area that I live in, and so... I'd say in the last eight years, I've I've had at least sixty encounters somewhere in that neighborhood. Wow! And it's been—I thought it was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And from my neighbors, it, it's been going on forever. Their parents and their grandparents, people that have ranched in you know this area for you know since the 1880s. They tell stories about you know craft landing.
0: And is this the same type of craft that you still see now?
6: No, not necessarily the ones that landed, but the, uh, the shapes that I see more like are kind of like the spheres, and I'm not talking like a, you know, a little dot, I'm talking about a 15 to 30 foot of cloth sitting about 500 yards off the ground and nothing coming off of it but white. And it's just is scary. It really is scary because we're wide open spaces. There's not many trees here, <laughs> right? So there's not exactly anywhere to run to when you encounter something like this. You come over a hilltop and there they are. It's like you almost kind of like slam on the brakes and want to spin around and leave. But uh, everybody here, and I mean everybody, hardly anybody really talks about it because everybody's kind of encountered them. But there's a lot of a lot of activity in northeast Montana and it seems to come from our south and west. Now we don't know if it's government, We don't know who's doing what but if we have something like that uh, they're really holding back a lot because it's, it's unbelievable that something that large usually they're anywhere from 100 to 200 feet across and the, the, even the triangular shapes are about 200 feet across.
2: And you said you a, you have photos of these?
6: Yeah, I have a photo of it actually approaching towards where I was in my backyard. Uh, and I took a snapshot. But then the power started going out in town. And I just kind of like, whoa, what was that? And I could see this thing getting closer. I looked down at my, my freshly charged phone, and it was dead. Hmm. Then. As it got closer, I felt a pulsing static charge, I guess you would say. I don't know how to explain that, but if, if you could ever have that tingly feeling come in waves, it, it, uh, it, it really makes you wonder, you know, what are they doing and how are they doing it? And of course I'm I'm just one person out here, and I know that other people have seen it. Very few people talk about it, but I can walk up to almost anybody in this town and say, did you see anything here lately? And they could tell me, oh, two weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. And it's, you know, I've just kind of stopped getting surprised anymore.
0: Well, yeah, when when it's that frequent, sure. Um, If you would feel comfortable, could you send us those photos?
6: I could send you some of them. They're like on four different sources. Okay. I've got them on laptops. I've got them. I had them on old phones that I updated and saved on the laptop, and I have other phones that I still have that uh, I'd have to download them over to the laptop to give them to you. But uh, I think one phone, the one I'm actually using, has a few on it.
0: Yeah, Uh, and anything you can send to us, uh... At, uh, you can send it to me at Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com and, and we can actually you know, show it to some people who might be able to tell you if it's similar to what's been seen other places or uh, if they have any idea of any you know, um, known uh, Earth-based craft that it might be related to or anything like that. I mean, I'd, I'd love to show it to my co-host, Matt Moniz, at least and get his take. Hey, no problem.
6: I'll send a few of them here uh, in a few minutes and then you all can kind of like speculate it like I have. I, I really can't tell you what they are. I wish I knew, but I can tell you this. None of them make a sound. None of them eject any kind of propulsion, no trails, anything behind them, nothing, or at least nothing I've seen. Wow. I've seen them during the day.
0: <laughs> That's very interesting stuff, and, uh, and I look forward to checking those out. Thank you for calling us and, and sharing with us that's uh, no problem. Thank you. All right. Take All care. Right. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
7: Hey, good evening, Tim. Been a long time. Yeah, how you been? Uh, with, with, uh, going through a lot. Lost a relative a couple of months ago, just kind of bouncing back. Sorry to hear that. I went down to Point Judith for Island today with a Fisherman's Memorial. There is next to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And... I had a good old-fashioned mason job, and I double-sealed it, and I put pictures and stuff of the different captains that were in my family, and this brother had fished. He would never been a captain. And I threw it out. The current co- the was going right to left. Wind was coming straight in. And inevitably, in about 20 minutes, it worked its way 50 feet offshore. Wow. I was, like, so touched. And then I just came in behind this gentleman. Um, where, where was it? He said he was from Montana. Okay, up in Montana. Yeah, a few friends of mine lived lived up there, and about ten years ago, um, they came here for the summertime, and they were telling me that they had seen some sights. And his his like you said, they talk among themselves, but they really don't talk about it too much. And he said, it's this kind of weird feeling. It's almost like no one's going to believe us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was glad to hear, I was glad to hear that he's going to send you some stuff to have it checked out. Yeah. Remember about eight years ago, I think it was, there was a, um, Delta flight out of Boston, out of Logan, going to Toronto. And on the right side, about 20 minutes out of Boston, um, I remember making the news and like you were saying, it was in the news and also it wasn't. There was a couple of former and current military men and a couple of Air Force men and they all, said um, they brought to the attention of the stewardesses without getting everybody upset. There's something trailing us, and that's not a military jet. We know what military jets are. And they went and told the captain, and the captain called um, back to Logan and up to Toronto to see, to basically ask, are you monitoring anything close to us? And then they had to say it two or three times. And then they said, "We we believe there's something a couple hundred yards to our right and no matter which way we, we, we turn our course, it stays at that same place. And then, so they were going to send up jets. And moments before the jets got in the area, they just went straight up. Oh, wow. And that was like eight years ago. And it was a, it was a Delta out of Boston going to Toronto.
0: I, I don't remember hearing about that, but then again, I don't remember what I ate for dinner an hour ago. So <laughs> yeah,
7: there you go, there you go.
0: But I'm sure if I do some some uh, research, uh, do some Google searching, I'll I'll find it. Or
7: yeah, and and especially when 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 you know there's former or current military people and they're saying yeah, they know by speaking out of uh, quote unquote talking crazy, they're going to get booted. And Then the other side is that get shut down. Massport never made a statement. Massport referred it to uh, the national and then to the military. And they said because the military had sent up a jet, after a request everything was turned over to them. And so that was, I saw it like two or three different times in the Herald and in the Globe.
0: Well, those, I mean, those are the stories that always get my attention uh, is when you have somebody that, that knows more than we do about what could be up in the skies, and they're saying, hold on, wait a minute. That's- no, you,
7: see, you have an Air Force fighter jet. I think that is not a jet. Right. <laughs> that or, nothing that I know.
0: Or an Edgar Mitchell who's up in space and says, now, wait a minute, I know all the stuff that we have in our program, and this thing that I'm seeing out the window is not anything that we have. You know, those those are the people that I tend to, to perk up and listen to. There's, there's so many reports that you get of UFOs that, uh, you know, people just don't realize, you know, it's a plane, and they just saw a weird lights in the sky and didn't know what it was. But when you have people that know the difference and can tell the difference, and they're still telling you, uh, we should probably be calling this in, then that's something that I pay attention to.
7: Absolutely, absolutely. Have a safe and wonderful weekend, my friend. You as well. Take care. So God
0: bless. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. We still have time if you want to get involved in the discussion tonight. Paranormal Open Lines on Spooky South Coast. And uh, I want to let everybody know, too, if you're watching on Spooky TV at com, or maybe you're listening on podcast, and you've never actually experienced the video, it's not just each week that we take this show, we have the show live, and then we put the show up there on YouTube. Matt takes the time to go in and cut out little clips and to find some of the best parts of the discussion. So maybe you don't have the the time to sit and listen to the whole show yet, and you just want to get some of the highlights from it. You can go and you can get all those clips. And if you want to be part of the show when it goes live, and maybe you just don't remember on a Saturday night to, to come into the website and to jump into the YouTube chat room on Saturday nights. Well, you can get an automatic alert every time we go live or whenever we post a new video, you can get alerts from YouTube. All you have to do is go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. And we would really appreciate it tonight if you would do so because we're super close to breaking our next milestone with our subscriptions. So if you can go to YouTube, if you're on YouTube now watching the show, or maybe you're listening to this later on, just go and hit that subscribe button. And you'll, you'll be doing us a huge favor, but you'll also be doing yourself a favor because then you will get notifications every time we go live, and you'll know every time we have new videos and new clips up there for you to check out. The other thing that you can do, too, as well, is you can follow us on Twitter. You can find us at SpookySC. You can follow us on Instagram at Spooky underscore South Coast. Matt puts up some great stuff on the Instagram all week long, funny stuff. Uh, he puts up some clips up there. Uh, my favorite, uh, just some of the memes that he finds and the stuff that he puts up there is hilarious. I wish you could, like, re, well, you can, I'm sure you can, you can teach me, you know, just re-gram out the stuff that you uh, you put up there because there's stuff that I just look at it and, and laugh out loud. Uh, and also, I, I don't usually plug myself here, but I'm super close to breaking a Twitter milestone myself. So if you can follow me at Tim Weisberg, W-E-I-S-B-E-R-G. If you can follow me on Twitter, you'd be doing me a huge favor because I'm just about to hit my next plateau here, my my next my next uh, big level. I'm I'm, I'm going to hit the big five, Matt five thousand followers on Twitter. Yeah, it's wow, it's you know it's a big deal for me. Like you look at other paranormal, you have nine left, other paranormal nine left for Twitter. Yeah, really, wow, that's chumped up. I think I'm going to thank the spaced out radio fans for that, the uh, space travelers for that, uh, because I think that's where I got pushed over the edge there with that. But yeah, I would appreciate it just because, you know, I know other paranormal talk show hosts have more followers, but they just stick to the to the main stuff. You know, they're promoting the show, promoting paranormal topics on my Twitter. You never know what I'm going to put up there. I put up some weird stuff, some goofy stuff, whatever random thoughts are in my head, because I think that's what Twitter's for. You know, it's not just about promoting yourself it's about having some fun and interacting what's, with people um, what's the
5: story behind the uh, towel with the sunglasses
0: so that's a very interesting story <clears throat> because so you you've you've never been on a cruise right no no so and i had never been on one before so the first time that i left my room on the first strange escapes cruise a couple years ago uh john tenney is my roommate and so, uh, you know, when I first got on the ship the first day, I was a little nervous because I, I didn't know what a ship, what a cruise was going to be like. I didn't know what it was going to be like to be on a ship in the ocean, or, you know, be rocking around. And I'm a little bit worried because I've never been that far from land, you know. So uh, we leave the room. We have to go out for the muster. Uh, we We... Then I walk around and kind of get my bearings a little bit as we're starting to hit the water. I go out, this was in the Mississippi River, so I go out and I'm watching the, the Mississippi River. And uh, we go back to our rooms, and the, they had brought in our luggage in and they had kind of made up the room a little bit. And on a cruise, every time that they come in and they give you new towels, they take towels and make some sort of a different animal. With the towel. Do they really? So there's, like, And they're intricate. They're really intricate designs. And then this is at least new, with Norwegian. They actually have a workshop the last day of the cruise or toward the end of the cruise where you can go and they'll teach you how to make the towel animals that they made all week. But there's there's elephants, there's monkeys, rhinos, all different kinds of – and you know we would take photos of all the different animals they would make. Mm-hmm. You'd have a different one each time you came back. And they would look around the room and they'd find different things that you've left in the room and they'd use them as props. With the animals. So that was our steward, Resley. So, Resley, so, Resley Tan, if you're listening, you're, you're the man. So what is this animal? That's exactly right. That's exactly the point. We have no oh, idea okay. what it is. <laughs> it's just some weird towel creature wearing John Tenney sunglasses. Right. So <laughs> last night when um, when I'm on Spaced Out Radio, uh, John Tenney saw on Twitter that we were all tweeting about it. And so he decided to call in briefly and join in the conversation, but he said, you know, listening to all the people that are on on Space Out Radio and staring at this picture of Tim Weisberg with a towel animal. It kind
5: of looks like one of those uh the Muppets. Like the yep, 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 yep.
0: Could have been. Resley could have known because he knew that we were paranormal people. So he could have made that. But uh Resley was pretty awesome. He in and I think I, I, know Tenny and I have told this story on the show before, but uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Tenny's Tenny story about the elf, John Tenny has been dealing with an elf for a number of years. So somebody actually asked him if he wanted to go out and see an elf and took him out to see an elf, and he saw something that he's pretty sure was an elf, and then the guy told him, like, now that you've seen the elf, you'll see elves, and elves will be part of your life, and... So he's had an elf that has like done damage to his home, and he's had he's had these elf encounters ever since. And, and elves and gnomes and trolls keep coming up in his already very weird life. And so, like I said, our steward was Resley, and you know he was just a, a great guy, great guy. So when we get back to you know when we get back home, I wanted to look up Resley on Facebook. And I find his Facebook account, but he only has one photo. And what photo is it? Him with a statue of an elf gnome-type creature. The only photo on his entire Facebook. And I just, I screenshot it and I sent it to Tenny and I said, this is just too weird. And he said, welcome to my life like you're you're into this now like you're you're going to be part of all this now and and it's it's been true and of course last year when we went to Bermuda I found the same statue so I had to take my photo with it so I have that up as my Facebook profile photo and and actually we're going to be going to Bermuda next year myself and Stephanie Porter we're all going to be part of the Wicked Waters Cruise, and you can get your tickets for that. You can get your reserve your room right now by only having to put fifty dollars down, if you use my promo code Tim. You can use Stephanie's promo code Burke, if you want, but she's not here, so I'm going to put, push my promo code. If you go to WickedWatersCruise.com, you can reserve your spot to go in through the Bridgewater, Triang- uh, Ber- Ber- Bridgewater Triangle, through the Bermuda Triangle, with us to Bermuda next May, May 2019. And uh, as part of our paranormal cruise, and you can get your room right now for just fifty dollars down by putting in my promo code, Tim, so you can do that and join us and I will take you to where the troll gnome elf statue is, and we can all take photos with it and then we will all send them to Tenny, although I'm trying to see if we can get Tenny to go. so there you have it. That's my cruise plug for the night, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420, if you want to call in and share some thoughts in the final five minutes that we have. Matt, I did want to talk about this list that you pulled out here from the Huffington Post. Uh, it's it's a little bit of an older story. It's from, from last year. Uh, well, actually, two years ago and then updated last year. But these are five questions that this writer has for ghosts. And uh, I'm I'm not going to get into this person's discussion about them, but I will just bring up the questions. Question one, why are none of you animals? Well, those of us who research ghosts, we know that there are animal ghosts, especially if you have a beloved pet who passes away. I swear to God, I still hear my cat. He had a a jangly tag on his collar. He had a spiked collar, like a leather spiked collar. Mm -hmm. But he had a, a... a tag in case he got out cause he wasn't an outdoor cat. So he didn't want, he did not like to go outdoors. So if he got outdoors, I knew he'd want to come back right away. So he had a tag with his address and phone number on it. And I would always hear that at night, you know, when he was running around the house and I still hear that. And he died two years ago. Hmm. So, and I, it's a very distinctive sound, but there are, there are animal ghosts. Why are you always from way, way back in the past? Well, that's not always true either. As we talked about a little bit last night on Spaced Out Radio, I think there's a time limit to the energy that holds together as a ghost. So you can't have a ghost that's from too far way, way back. But I also don't think you have a lot of modern ghosts because I think it has to be far enough away from us to have a personal connection to it, unless it's somebody that's trying to reach out to us personally. But there's like a sweet spot in terms of the energy, and it seems like that sweet spot is coinciding with, you know, 100 to 200 years ago, just in my experience. I'm still trying to figure out why that is. Number three, why are you always so vague? Well, it's not that easy to draw forth the energy that they need to be able to communicate with you. So it's not like they can tell you their whole life story in one EVP. It's not like they can, you know, spell out everything when they're, uh, you know, writing on the, the mirror in your bathroom. So they're doing what they can. Number four, why do you have such scary voices? Well, that's just that's just uh, that's just stereotyping. That's just being prejudiced. You're bigoted against ghosts. They don't all have scary voices. Some of them sound scary because you're hearing a ghost yeah, talk. It's the way it's the way you record it. But they're not all scary. I've I've had plenty that are that are perfectly normal sounding. I've also had some that that are little kids. And those are the ones that scare the hell out of me because getting the sound of a little kid on your tape recorder is terrifying to me. They're probably very nice kids. Or they could just be demons pretending to be kids. I'm just kidding about that. Not a big demon guy. And uh, the last question that I just lost was, why do you never do anything nice to make your presence known? Well, that's not even true at all. Because there's all kinds of little... Ways that they let you know that they're there that are not negative. There's plenty of stories where they give little positive reinforcements, little positive signs that they're there. This I, I didn't want to say this blogger. This is a lazy blogger. And you conveniently left the person's name off of this, so I can't trash them on the air.
5: Oh, it's at the, it is, at the top. is
0: It's at the end? It's at the top. At the top. Oh, that's his name or her name? Her name, yeah. Pascali Day? Pascali Day, you are a lazy, lazy blogger. If I was in charge of, if I was the digital managing editor of the person that wrote this blog, I would say.
5: <laughs> do, do some
0: more research. Do some more research. That's garbage. What is the Huffington Post? I just I just threw those papers. <laughs> now I'm going to have to pick them up now that the show is over. We are just about out of time for this week's edition of Spooky South Coast. Uh, As I mentioned, next week, we do have that event at Fort Adams with Bright Star Promotions if you want to come along. Uh, It's a really cool place. I highly recommend it. But uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with an all-new show. Hopefully, we'll have the Spooky crew back together. As I mentioned earlier, you can follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, You can also follow us on uh, Instagram as well. You can... Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, and we will promise to keep bringing you fresh, interesting, hopefully interesting and entertaining paranormal content. And uh, we didn't even talk about snacks this week, probably because I had some tacos before the show, so I wasn't hungry, so I wasn't preoccupied. But uh, that will do it for this week's show. Email us anytime, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. Stay spooktacular.